1: 303-477-5600 is our number. we got Susan. Thank you for holding over the break. How can we help you?
2: Hi. Yes, I have a 2017 Honda CRV, v And um, this past September, I, need a new, I needed a new battery. However, I've been having issues. So last week when I went out to start my automobile, the battery seemed dead.
3: Okay. wouldn't
2: start. So called AAA, they came, gave me a jump. This morning I go out and try to start it, and it won't start. You know, it's doing what it does when it appears the battery is dead. So I'm sitting here waiting for AAA. But what could it be that – is there a misconnection or, you know, what is it that a brand-new battery – is doing this.
1: well where'd you buy the battery from or who
2: I got, I got it from AAA okay when they when they came in September because that's what happened in September um, the battery was dead and you know it was the original battery
1: well that so seems awful I... quick though for that for the because usually batteries go about six years
4: um, well, a, right. it'll vary a little bit on the car but up to th- up to six years yeah. um, usually the first battery that's in the vehicle lasts the longest because yeah. everything
1: else is perfect and new so, um, I mean I just find it unusual, don't you that it's it lasted three years maybe four
4: It's possible it, yeah. it all depends on driving style and conditions yeah. and everything but I would go into you know and I don't know if AAA has the right equipment to complete a, a charging system test yeah. verify that the battery's charging correctly yeah. it's the alternator on the vehicle that will charge the battery and keep it up to charge right um, And then there's also draws draws on the battery on the battery that Do you have can, anything
1: you've added to the vehicle that you know, could be drawn on it? Do you have, like, a different radio or anything like that in there?
2: No, I haven't changed anything.
1: Yeah. Okay. They need to check that battery out then because, first of all, yep. and then, like, Start with the like, Jeff, and then yep. do the charging system to check the charging system, make sure it's being charged. It could be charged. Maybe even the connections are weak, but they'll find that if they're doing the proper correct tests yep. on the, on the okay. battery. But I wouldn't tell them just to jump it. I would say look i would explain to them when they come out that look i've had the battery replaced by you guys and now i've had to have it jumped a couple times so something's wrong
2: right yeah okay so um where should i go to um have this looked at further um, other than the Honda dealership and i live up in westminster but i'm willing to go anywhere that's the best place to go
1: um, <laughs> let can see who's up. No, there. I was you can them. go to Arvada West. They're up there. Do you know where Arvada West is? If you go to uh-huh. a, uh, Yeah. If you could just look up Arvada West, they should be up uh, by Westminster.
2: Arvada West is it an automotive or Yes,
1: Arvada West is an auto and truck service center. It's a it's a, what we call a Colorado Select Group, part of the Drive Radio here. They do this. They help us do this show. So, they'll be honest with you. Okay. And tell them that you heard them on the radio and they'll take okay. care of you, okay? Okay. Yep.
2: All right, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that information. You bet. Thank that's you.
1: Okay. All right, with that, we got another two lines open, 303-477-5600. Dave from Parker, how are you doing, Dave?
5: Uh, yeah, I just have a quick question, something something that's uh, been bothering me for a while. I have a lot of uh, engines around my place. Uh, I've got a couple of old trucks that I uh, use infrequently and uh, lawnmowers and snowblowers and and i add uh, fuel additives to all of these uh, stabilizers and whatnot <laughs> and every time uh, you know i add more gas and then i add more stabilizer you know i get confused on how much the concentration is in there you know and it, it, like an old truck if you fill it five times uh, who knows what the concentration is
3: right but,
5: uh it, i don't know whether i'm the only one in the world this bothers uh but uh, anyhow that's my question
1: well you put this in when you when you're going to store the vehicles right is that what you're talking about
5: well either uh storing them or you you know something i use infrequently like a snowblower uh, uh i've got a couple old trucks i use maybe you know a thousand miles a year maybe that uh-huh. uh anyhow uh, every time you add fuel uh, it's it's uh, you're you're uh, you don't have a clue what how much additive percentage is in there but,
1: until you burn off the tank you know you need to kind of
5: yeah if you burn off 100% of the tank then then uh, you're yeah, good
1: but, yeah the and same even
5: after one even after you add fuel the second time you kind of have a clue but
1: that you dilute you know,
5: it I'm out, concerned. yeah. It's cumulative, even, and, and uh, <laughs> anyhow. Well, I don't That's think my question—if uh, if that bothers anybody else—no,
1: um,
4: I wouldn't think it would make. I mean, I, I totally get it, right? where You're trying to ma- maintain the correct relationship of your additive to your to your your primary fuel. Um, my only thought maybe would be if you had. Um, premix your uh, well that probably wouldn't make much difference I was just thinking about maybe doing a a premix gas can of fuel and and stabilizer for your top off kind of scenario Uh, Uh uh but but really
1: with stabilizer you're using you're using stable right
5: oh yeah, I've used a couple of different brands but stable is primary
1: yeah yeah because if you stick with one brand I think you'd be better off than mixing the brands yeah, yeah. don't don't mix your brands but if you use stable I think you'd be fine because that actually would would clean things up too as you're using it it wouldn't be as as detrimental as saying not to add as much if you're if that's what your concern is if you're putting too much in there mm-hmm. and and yeah and, because that you know, actually like, that can burn through and clean. And it wouldn't be as detrimental as putting too much in. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I worry about. No.
5: Every now and then, you know, a lawnmower, it's hard to start. And you go, yeah. oh, crap, i have have too much uh, stabilizer.
1: Yeah. I don't think you could do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the stabilizer because it'll burn through and it'll clean things. But you, you, you want to be careful how much you're putting in for sure. But it also stays in there for quite a while. I mean, if you add a little bit more gas to, you know, like if you use a third of your – Gas tank, and you put more gas in. I think the stabilizer will still be there. Um, it'll be diluted a little bit, but it'll still be as effective. Right.
4: Yeah. yeah. Right. And I guess the ideal thing is to actually drain the tanks rather than adding <laughs> yeah. the stable. So. Yeah.
5: yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is fine on a lawnmower, but not on a on a tractor. truck. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. a tractor. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have the same thing. Yeah. I have a tractor that I have a Ford. Um, I have an 8 um, in 1949 Ford tractor and. I don't like to let it sit around, but I do with gas in it, and I like to either keep it full or empty it out, and I don't want to empty that thing out. Right. That's a, too big of a tank to empty it out. I don't know where I'd store it, so I put the stable yeah, and, in that. Yeah,
5: and you don't want to leave the tank half full,
1: full. Right? No, yeah. no, I don't. So get, I, get I fill it, and whatever. then I put stabilizer in it, and I just leave yeah. it. And it's done fine for the last 10 years okay. for me on that. Yeah.
5: Okay, well... Like I say, my question was, does it bother anyone? And no. <laughs> I don't okay. think it does. Yeah. All right. Well, I think well, you're doing you. fine by putting
1: the additive in. I'd rather you put the additive in than not put it in.
5: Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. And and Bye. for for people listening, I just want to let you guys know there is a text line that you can call in, 307-200-8222. So if you give us, you know, you can text in. If you don't want to get on the line or call in and stuff, you can just do a text and, and ask a question that way and we'll get it. So we'll go to Paul from Denver next. How you doing,
6: Paul? Good morning. I'm well. A couple of items on the woman who just called about our battery. Okay. Battery. Um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but AAA has been using interstate batteries. So it's yes. a pretty good battery. Yeah, in they are good batteries. Yeah. Centers could probably you know, check on the entire system to see if there are any issues. I mean, certainly, occasionally, even a new battery has a bad cell. Right. So uh, that could be it. But the other thing is uh, parasitic drains. Sometimes there's no problem with the charge system. There's no problem with the battery. It's the way the vehicle is designed, Uh, you know, software, firmware updates, whatever, in the system. I mean, these cars are all computers, uh, to a large extent, and they it, it, interacting with some mechanical um, systems. And um, there are a lot of parasitic drains. I know in my vehicle, which is a 2019 Ascent Subaru Ascent, there was a problem uh, with the lift gate and other parasitic drains that the battery, which wasn't the most robust type of battery anyway, um, would drain people's batteries right away. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of problems. And they did a um, liftgate module change out, and uh, people got some new batteries out of it. I mean, Subaru covered it. They're great. And uh, the problem gone. But it was a parasitic drain. So that's that part that she needs to to look at. I I don't know the history of those vehicles that she has, so I, I couldn't address that specifically but the reason i was calling has to do with my subaru ascent and i'm not the only one with this issue uh the oil level when i check the oil level even right after a oil change from the dealership very often it's high above the high mark so it might be close to where the twist on the dipstick is Right. And so recently, I you know, people were posting on one of the forums that this was occurring in their vehicles. I said, you know, I should check mine. And sure enough, it was high. I brought it in um, to the dealership. They pulled out some oil and we we all checked it. It was fine. Drove it two to three hundred miles and it raised up again. Uh, so now they've got it they're gonna have the Super of America engineer take a look at it and uh, and get try and get to the bottom of this even my loaner vehicle which is the same type of vehicle different year um, brand new you know 1,700 miles on it it had a high oil level oh uh, it's been confirmed we're checking it properly <laughs> the technicians are checking it properly uh, so any, any ideas what this might be?
1: Well, it could be building up moisture inside, but I find it hard to believe yeah, with the new technology. Easy. But it could yeah. be building, uh, or else it can have, um, boy, there's so many different things it could be doing. It could be foaming, which would raise the oil level. Foaming
4: would raise the sort of oil level. Um, I mean,
1: water or cooling getting into the water right. if they have a leak somehow. Um, would raise it,
6: but, but but all these vehicles, even with the brand yeah. brand new vehicles,
1: yeah, that sounds strange. Um, that's why I'm thinking foaming might be a, a situation. They they'll have to figure that
6: out. A, foaming occurs. My understanding with an overfill.
1: it can, yep. But but so it also could. It could it could be foaming now just to give you another you know more. It depends on the. Yeah, gosh, that's. That's a tough one to find out, to be honest with you. So that's why they need the engineers involved in that, because they got to fu- they got to fix that, you know.
6: Well, definitely, and that's why I'm, I, you know, they say, well, it's safe to drive, and I say, well, I'm not driving it. I'm just using your loaner
3: yeah. <laughs> until
6: this gets determined and 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 resolved system wide, because it's not just my unit. You know, yeah. sometimes things weird happens with individual vehicles. So, uh, but the fact that. Um, that the oil level was pulled down, oil was removed, and yeah. then it built back, it back up. Anybody doing anything else tells me there's obviously some intrusion into the system. That's well, it, given. it could
1: be the now, oil heating up too and expanding. It depends on the type of oil that they're using. Could cause some. some well, of this. there would
6: be no heating up and expanding when you're checking it. I mean, if the vehicle no. sat for 24 hours. You know, uh, when I would check it again, so it's sitting. It's cool. There's no reason. It
1: raised as it was sitting cold? It went from... Yeah, yeah. Really?
6: Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, they really they, they So they pulled the oil level down. I checked it at the dealership before I even drove away. It was fine. The technician obviously double-checked it before he oh. released it to me. And then I got home, parked it next morning. I, I checked it then, but then I also checked it in the morning.
3: Hmm.
6: And... You know, it's just sitting in my driveway in the morning in this Denver weather. So, yeah, this isn't has nothing to do with well, the engine heating that, it up. It is cold.
1: That can happen because um, what happens is as they, as you drive it, it gets hot and the oil goes up to the top half of the engine because it's got to lube the valves and stuff. And then as it drains down, as you're sitting still, you know, and you're you're not moving the car, oil will come up a little bit. Um, you know it; they have to have it at the proper level, yes. But oil gets in the top part of your engine, and then you shut it off, and then all the oil drains down overnight to the bottom. Yes. And then when you check yes. your oil, that's why they—that's the best time to check your oil, right. really. Right. Yeah. But, so you so can see them. So
4: so basically, that that would be a minor, hard to see change. Yeah. Right. To 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 right. what what he's talking about, obviously measuring a noticeable change like that over time. Yeah would indicate that you have an intrusion of some other fluid into your oiling system. Now what the engineers will have to do is actually do some chemical tests on the oil to That's what to, they need to, to, do to start there, do a sample of the oil, yeah. right. see what's changing there. The only other thing I can think of is, you know, is this engine using some kind of accumulator style system where it's, where the level could potentially change. Yeah. I have no idea if that's a thing on a production car. Um, but yeah, that's a really odd one. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll agree that you know raising oil well, levels just perplexing.
6: <laughs> right, and that's what I recommended. I, I you know I, I'm not the engineer, but I said clearly this is not a function of all the different notions about how to check the <laughs> the oil and yeah. one side of the dipstick versus the other i said it, it doesn't matter this is and this is not a minor raise this is a, a significant increase and uh the fact that i have plenty of time to drain down it's certainly an intrusion and i said i had the same recommendation to soa i said look you're going to do what you're going to do but um my recommendation is to do some, some, some lab work. Find out what, what it is that's in there, the composition, the percentages, and, and that'll that's a starting point to figuring out
1: yeah. wh- where type the of oil too. is occurring. Mm-hmm. The type of oil they're using, they might have to look at that, too. That's why they need to do a sample. So
6: we're going to have to, well, Paul, we're going to have to go to a, a break. They do have a, a very low viscosity oil It's yeah. zero. Yeah. So, well, yeah, they do. All right, thank yeah. you.
1: All right. Well, thank you. With that, we're going to go to a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
7: Start the new year right by taking advantage of Gino's Napa Legend and AAA Premium Battery Sale. Did you know car batteries typically last just three to five years? There is no reason to get stuck with a bad battery when you can stop in at Gino's for a free battery check. And while you're there, you can take advantage of Gino's free multi-point inspection. We'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. Geno's is also having a sale on genuine Napa starters and alternators. We are big believers in catching problems before they start, which is why we do our best to make your life easier by offering loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up one ready. Don't miss a beat this year. Geno's is continuing to service Larry's Automotive customers through Napa Auto Care, warranting any work you may have had done before Larry's closed. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at ChinosAutoservice.com. That's Chinos with a J.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change a BG performance oil change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else peace of mind where do you find it find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change
8: worth making BG KLZ's personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10 percent of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. KLZ's personal injury attorney continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now at 303 806 8886
1: right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Uh, Three lines open, 303-477-5600, and Larry would love to take your calls. Um, We'd love to hear from you, and you can also do a text line, 307-200-8222. And you can ask a question if you don't want to get on. And you can see we get all kinds of questions from alignments to headrests to oil consumption. Yep. Yeah, fuel additives, fuel additives, everything. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, That that one, that would take some some work to look at that with that oil level. Yeah. And that's going to have to be done with the engineers. They're going to have to figure that out. There's another thing that we were thinking about talking about, and that's um, insurance. You hear a lot of these ads right now about getting your car repaired, uh, that they'll take care of the repairs and stuff. On TV, you see all these insurance companies that'll, oh yeah, we'll fix your car. You don't never have to pay for a trainee again. Well, you really need to do your research on those, yep. because some, I mean, just like the extended warranties, if you buy them at a dealership, um, or from a, if you're buying a car off a, a different lot, I don't know, you don't have to buy it from a dealership. I guess you can buy it anywhere, um, but be careful with those because you got to find out first of all what they cover, mm-hmm. you know. And in extreme, we took them all. We still, they still do. Um, but if there's things that they don't cover, you're going to be responsible for that, the customer sure. and, and some of these companies, they, they say they're going to cover everything, but like they'll cover just trim,
4: right? Yeah. You got to take the time, read the fine print, you know, it's, it's an interesting one. One of the things we looked into, um, cause we sell a couple of vehicles is, you know, um, the different policies that are out there and it's really interesting, it, um, one of the policies we were looking at and it was like, okay, you know, you're buying an extended warranty. It's five grand for the first year, right? Yeah. You buy an extended warranty, you're like five grand, geez, whatever. And to extend it out to like a five-year program was only a couple hundred dollars more. Cause it's all, it's all a, a numbers game and working off of percentages. It's like going to, it's like going to Vegas and, and gambling. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're doing it, you're doing it. Um, and you have to know if you're going to, if you're going to go gamble and you're not just doing it to waste time and throw your money away, you have to understand the game. Yeah. Right. So read that fine print, research the company, look how long they've been around, look at what their financial backers are Um, because there are some that come and go. They're fly in essence, fly by nights, but you don't know it. They're advertising. You'd never recognize it. Right. Um, And it's a, it's a hard one. And there's so many out there, you know, probably back in the day, probably 1015 years ago, you could probably call a shop and be like, Oh, well, which which, you know, which companies can you recommend? Or which ones do you work with? Yeah. They'll change names, they'll change their policies. So a gold policy from one year may be completely different from a gold policy signed up on a different year. It's a hard thing to understand,
1: right? And, and you get you just got to know what they're going to cover. Because sometimes they cover, uh, we'll we'll cover the gaskets, but we're not going to cover the crank. Or we'll cover the crank, but we don't cover the oil, the crank, uh, or the right. gaskets, the oil pan gaskets, the rings, the rods. Right. Uh, you or, know, or it's they'll, so strange what they cover. Yeah.
4: And there's ones that, you know, they want to supply used parts. Yes. And they'll, they'll, they'll want to supply the part, and then they'll ask the shop whether they're going to cover that used part that they supplied. Yeah um
1: and shops won't and yeah and they it's, it's not
4: it just doesn't talk about rolling the dice that's yeah. a bad roll right yep. there yep. so
1: you don't want to do that as a shop owner yeah. so um yeah so you really need to do your research to see you know um buying a buying a vehicle i mean if you're going to buy an extended warranty for five thousand dollars you'd be better off putting that in the bank in a sense you know quite often yeah yeah Absolutely. and i used to sell used cars at extreme and and uh um, when I did that, I always made sure we went through it, and, and then you got a free oil change with that car. Right. Um, I gave a six free oil change card to them, and that way there, I knew if they came back that they wouldn't have to worry about anything because when it went out, it was going to go out and not have a problem. That's right. And if it did, it came back, I fixed it. So um, that's that's me. I didn't want the customer mm-hmm. to have any problems, yep. and I wanted them to come back and use me for other things. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah
4: that relationship you want to you want to feel confident about what you gave them we're not just here to flip a car just to flip a car no you know and it's just the same mentality that i have with with any kind of sale is you know if i'm not going to just recommend a car just to to sell you a car i'm going to say does it fit your lifestyle does it you know does it do the things you want to do personally i don't really care what the vehicle looks like in your driveway i want to know if it
1: fits your lifestyle right and these are the things you do to need maintenance it. Can you afford it? And, the, you know, this. there's so much more that goes into things. I mean, yep. even like when we sell tires, you know, it's what are you using the car for? Mm-hmm. You know, are you in construction? Then you do need these kind of tires. Right. If you're in this, you do need that. So yep. with that, I think we need to take another quick break. We're right up at that hour. So we'll do that. You're listening to Jeff and Dennis on Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
9: Hello Drive Radio listeners, this is Chris Hammond with Kens and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. As we roll into the snowiest months of the year, it is important to understand the Colorado Department of Transportation's winter driving requirements and restrictions. According to CDOT, drivers should expect every time they see a chain law required for truckers that the traction law will also be required for passenger vehicles. Under Colorado's traction law, motorists have to have either snow tires, those being tires with the mud or snow designation, or a four-wheel drive vehicle. Tires must also have a minimum of one-eighth of an inch of tread depth. Additionally, the passenger vehicle chain law requires every vehicle on the road when the chain law is in effect to have chains or an alternate traction device. Already this winter the Colorado State Patrol has been proactively checking for proper equipment during winter driving conditions. When either of these laws are in effect motorists may be fined more than $130 for not having proper equipment or more than $650 if they block the roadway. So. If you dare to head out to brave the I-70 parking lot, make sure your vehicle is properly equipped and save yourself the cost and the embarrassment of a ticket for blocking the roadway. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week.
10: Call Novus Autoglass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Autoglass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long. But you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest
11: you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house, too. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Leuenberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. To combat food
10: inflation, Barber's Foods is offering great deals to help fill your freezer. Prices for soybeans and corn are up, and most farm animals are fed on corn and soy. So it's costing more to feed animals. That's why meat prices will be going up this year everywhere, an estimated 10 to 25 percent. To save money on high-quality meats, head over to BarbersFoods.com and click on the Fill My Freezer page to see all of their specials. Colorado produced ground beef in one-pound user-friendly packages, only $2.99 per pound. Pittman Farms' boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breasts in small, easy-to-use packs for only $5.99 per pound. Barber's Foods knows the families that raise and process the meats they sell, so whether it's Pittman Farms' air-chilled chicken, the Beeler family, Duroc non-GMO pork, Colorado-grown beef, or any of the other meats they sell, they know that the animals were raised right and cared for humanely. Barber'sFoods.com, Colorado native-owned since 1949.
1: Okay, we're back, and we got Mike from uh, Northeast Colorado with an alignment story. How you doing, Mike?
12: Doing great, guys. How are you? Love the show.
1: Huh. Thank you. Thank you. We're doing good.
12: So yeah, as far as alignments are concerned, um, I was one of those guys. I did alignments for about 16 years. Um, I loved them. Loved every bit of it. Understood the geometry of the cars, and I. Not a whole lot of people understood that Right. Um, for that amount of time aligned a lot of different vehicles, custom race cars. I was one of the only shops out here that did custom alignments. Um, probably one of the most perplexing scenarios that I ran across um, had a Geo Metro come in with only about 20,000 miles on it. Front tires were gone. Down to the courts. Rear tires were pretty much there. Okay, no big deal. Uh, we sold tires, did alignments, the works in the shop. Come in, put new tires on the car, set it up on the machine. Everything's greened, Everything's good. It's totally within factory specs. All right, so we're, we're thinking we're good. Put it down, ship it out. Comes back ten thousand miles later, all the tires are gone again.
4: Wow! Wow!
12: What? Huh? So we put it back on the machine, new tires. These are eighty thousand mile rated tires. And this is back in two thousand. They don't really do that much anymore out here anymore. No, they don't, don't want a rated tire that <laughs> high anymore. Right. But these were these were high end tires, and everything's still in the green. Totally in the green. Not a variance one way or the other. Take it out, drive it, drives perfectly. Questioning. Okay. So we turn it loose. It comes back, oh, probably six, 000, seven thousand miles later. And we've got major scuffing. A couple tires are pretty much gone already. And now I'm scratching my head. So re- we tire the thing back up again because it's under warranty. And I go talk to the service manager, and I'm like, "Um, I've got some questions. So I I really need to talk to the owner
3: Mm -hmm.
12: Well, she's waiting in the waiting room. Okay. So I walk into the waiting room, and God is my witness. This is about a 400-pound lady in a Geo Metro. Yeah. (sighs) So now I've walked back out to the bay, and I have to figure out how I'm going to approach this scenario. And lo and behold, I convince her to get into the car, sit in the car in the alignment rack to realign this car. And as soon as she's in this car, everything's redlined. Yep. Oh yeah. Everything's redlined. And <laughs> it, it's funny, but it's not. She was completely embarrassed
1: by oh,
3: yeah.
12: it. It was terrible. But at the same time, this, this is the stuff that a lot of alignment techs don't understand mm-hmm. is that it's the use of the vehicle, the way it's driven is right. incredibly important. Yep. Farmers out here, they drive around out in the country with a two-ton bale of hay in the back of their pickup, put brand-new tires on it in the wintertime, and they don't understand why their front tires only last them 10,000 miles.
1: Right.
3: Yep.
1: That's funny you talk about that when you started talking about that. I had a Datsun 510 that um, I lined, and then the guy comes back, and he says, It pulls. So I oh, put boy. it back up there, and, and it's fine. And, you know, I, I never saw the customers because, you know, you're in the back, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the service rider brings you the ticket and says, Here, this guy's yeah. come back. He says, Dennis, he says it still pulls to the left really hard. Uh-huh. I'm like, Oh, that's strange. You know, I mean, I put it up on the rack. Everything's right on, dead yeah, you're
12: going to 3% on the caster. And, I mean, know. it's
1: dead. I mean, I put this thing dead on what Nissan said or Datsun said to put it on. And then I, I take it for a ride and I drive it and it's fine. And I bring it back up and I said, Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't find anything wrong with it. I don't know what's going on. So then he comes back about a week later and says, This car's still pulling. I don't know what he did, but this car's still pulling. So the service rotor comes back. I put it on my line rack. I'm like, It's right on the money. So I go up to him, and I said, can I talk to the customer to see what's going on and stuff? And just like you said, he walks out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh.
12: Yeah. He's what about do do 400 how pounds. Do you, how do you do that? Yeah. yeah. And you I know. said,
1: sir, can I align this with you in it? And I just said it. I was just point blank to him because I was frustrated, too. Yeah. And I yeah. put him in there, and just like you said, everything's way off. Way off. Yeah,
12: it's it's terrible. It yeah. makes you feel like a terrible human being. But Yeah. And, but, and they're embarrassed. But once you're done, you're like, eh. all right. Well, if you ever sell this car, and I had to qualify it to him, I said, if you ever sell this car, and right. in our area, it's local, I said, please, for the love of Christ, yeah. let me know, yeah. so I could bring everything back to where it is, because I don't want anybody dying in this thing, because, right. I mean, there's, you've got to crank those things. Right. You know, it's just like the old farmer with the two-ton bale of hay in the back. I'm like, right. Do you understand that you're doing alignments twice to three times a year, and one of them was the the president of the board of directors for the, the local cooperative, which was the shop one of the shops that I worked for. He didn't believe me, and I ended up putting a ratchet strap between the rack and his truck and pulling down to get his ride height to the same distance that it was when he was empty when he had a two-ton bale of hay on there, right. and show him what the machine was doing. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to keep giving you tires every six months because you're the president. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. that guy.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I've had guys come in that do work out of their trucks, and they would be fully loaded, and then they're emptying it out out there, and I'm watching them do it, and then they come in, and I see it on the alignment rack, and I'm like, stop. I go to the yeah, alignment rack, hey, stop. <laughs> Hold it. What, what are you guys doing here? And I have to go to the service rider and say, hey, you can't have them align that vehicle with all that stuff in. Tell them to bring that all back and put it back in there. Or how much weight do you think it was? Because you're going to have to align it with all that stuff in there. Especially electricians, Mm -hmm. they do it. Um, Any construction workers, guys who do concrete work, I mean, they got to have all that stuff back in there to align it. Otherwise, you have a complete different alignment.
12: Yeah, Yeah. and that's, that's, that's in the same scenario I'm in. I'm in construction now. I got out of the automotive business for the flat just the cost of the of the software and the tools that I had to get into back in the day I, I still own all of it but I I've, I've dumbed down to the fact that if it's pretty much 2006 and newer I'm I'm shipping it off I'm not I'm not messing with it but, right you know I'm I'm driving one of John's favorite vehicles the old Ford uh, Freestyle that he uh-huh. can't stand but I love right. but it's a great Cup, you lay all the seats down and I probably got two thousand pounds of DeWalt tools in the back and I rolled into an alignment shop and it's loaded. Right. And it's you that's how I drive it, that's how it's aligned.
1: Right. Yep. That's, so, that's no, the way I do it's do
12: just it. like I said, it was kind of a giggle. I I that was one of the worst days and the funniest days of my life is to have to tell that poor gal to uh, I know to sit in the truck.
3: Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> hard.
12: you get in your car and uh, yeah (laughs) because everybody knows everybody out here and that's unfortunate right i was kind of the black sheep for a minute
1: yep
4: that's probably a lot of why a lot of the manufacturers have gone to either an air suspension or an air assisted suspension was to keep those alignments in In specs yeah you know so that the tires are lasting as long as they can they should even the fuel mileage is going to get affected by the tire scrub and all that so correct um you know, it's one of the things I've, I've loved about the Land Rover brand with, you know, I've, I've kept the air suspension on all of my models in the past, and I've had a half pallet of landscaping brick in the back of my Range Rover, which um, Range Rovers aren't used for, you know, hauling equipment, right? No. But, uh, no, but I helped. did, and it leveled itself out, and it worked. Yep. Dodge does the same thing. The Rams, a lot of those have mm-hmm. the air assist.
12: Yep. My father-in-law did the yep. same thing on his. And... Yep.
3: yep.
12: Great. No, That's I just right.
1: wanted to throw that out there, guys. Good story. Well, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, I
4: remember back in the days um, when I first started in the industry, and uh, I think it was like the first Mercedes I was doing alignment on, and I'm looking at the specs, and they're like, oh, and you need, you know, 200 pounds of weight for the driver's seat and 200 for the passenger seat and weights in the rear seats. And it's like, um, at, you know, looking at the shop going, okay, where am I going to find this weight? Because the yeah. shops don't have it. The aftermarket right. shops don't have no. the vehicle-specific stuff. So Right. Um, but that's going to affect the suspension. The softer the suspension on the vehicle, the more it's going to get affected by, by you, know, vi- you know, the interior weights, your load weights in the vehicle. So if you want a good soft riding suspension, you have to come up with, you know, a way to manage that.
1: There's so much that goes into it, just even alignment people don't realize. And, and like just setting the toes, the toe, toe on a vehicle. I mean, that's, oh, what a disservice. Yeah. We have three lines open. you can text line us, 307-200-8222, and we'll go to a quick break. You're listening to Dennis and Jeff on Drive Radio. Going into the showroom at Purifoy Chevrolet, one of the things that struck me is that the people that work there, they're just regular people. You talk to the guy that's helping you, and you get the sense of, this is just another person. He wants to help me. He wants to make sure that I get the right car. He's asking the right questions, but without being pushy. I just get a sense that he's really invested in what I need to find for my, my family and for me.
10: Roley Purifoy is not somebody who would ever brag about himself, but he has an incredible history with Chevrolet, and that's why he cares about the those vehicles so much he's actually been a test driver for some of the models and he's even had some input in the design if you just ask roley some questions about his history he has the most fascinating stories he's one of those owners who will just chat with you like an ordinary person he's just one of those people you really need to meet i would highly recommend Pierrefoy chevrolet they're a really remarkable group of people Hi, I'm Rolly Pierfoy. We're just up the road in Fort Lovett, and on the web at PurfoyChevrolet.com. Find new roads.
0: Most oil changes are the same.
1: Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We got lines open 303 477 5600, and we're going to go to Frank from Colorado Springs. How you doing, Frank? Hey, good. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for uh, you? Uh, well, I'm getting ready. I'm thinking about buying
13: a, a, a new Chevy Malibu, but I've never owned a turbo motor before. And all I remember about turbos, an old hot rod guy told me once that the way they work is, you and you know, it's a type of air pressurization, so you get more mixture and uh, energy in the cylinder, but, but the flame front burns longer. It, the flame front in a turbo is going to run somewhere, you know, I can't remember the exact numbers you use, but somewhere between 20 to 25 degrees of your of the power stroke while a, a, a normally aspirated engine is somewhere in the four to seven percent range so the only question I guess I have is a durability question how do the block how do the cylinder blocks hold up in them do they wear faster or have they figured out a way to solve that problem
1: well for one turbo engines the the compression is lowered a, and they're not as high, um, they don't have as much compression as a normal aspirating engine. So they kind yeah. of lower that down a little bit to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as, um, you were saying the flame? flame front. front. I wouldn't flame think that front
13: would... You know, the, the, the combustion, the amount of time it takes for the uh, mixture and the air to burn through uh, in the cylinder. is faster. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, in a normal engine, it's somewhere between four to seven degrees of, of crankshaft movement. In a turbo, it's going to be in the uh, you know the the uh, twenty to twenty-five range.
4: I don't think that's accurate. I think we're. I think maybe he's talking about the ignition timing, perhaps, because as you add boost, you need to uh, reduce your ignition timing. Yeah. But oh, the flame okay. front okay. the how long the flame front takes to travel through the cylinder should be the roughly the same. Yeah. Um, it's just that the turbo
1: right? what a turbo does is it pushes air in and sucks it out. So it just makes it go through faster, but it doesn't change Anything else. Yeah, I mean, there really? might
4: be some minor changes due yeah. to the air density or something like that, but it, it, it would be a very small change. And I they think. do lower the compression So, so, so you bit.
1: guys,
13: Yeah, you guys don't see any change in cylinder
4: wear with them then? No. 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 Really, that boils more down to the design of the engine. You know, a, a, a turbo engine that's designed to be a turbo engine... Um, can handle r- it. Can handle it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it definitely okay. had issues probably back in the, you know, 70s and 80s with the early turbos when yeah. the engines really weren't... They hadn't gone through the depth of engineering that the current engines have.
1: And they had more problem with the the oil, um, the lines, the kind of oil they were using was boiling in the lines and then even uh, baking in there to where it would plug up the return lines Mm -hmm. and the feed lines. And and that's where we ran into problems. And and the other thing about turbos, the only thing, you drive them a little different because like if you've been driving a turbo down the road, um, the turbo's not always activated unless you're really into it. And then All if you right. are driving them, what I would recommend is you, when you pull into a gas station is let it run for a little bit. Or if you've been on the highway or driving it for a long period of time, let it cool down by just letting it idle for a little bit mm-hmm. for about a minute okay. or two before you shut it off. That's where the oil would usually bake or cook. But the oils we have nowadays and the, and the turbos that they've made nowadays are doing a lot better yeah. than they did in the past. Like well, like I Jeff said, so.
13: and and thanks for for soothing my nerves here. I'm going to
1: go ahead and buy it. All right, yeah, I think you'll be good thank with you. that. All yep. right, thank you. With that, we'll go to uh, who's next here? Jim from Colorado Springs. How you doing, Jim?
14: I'm doing great. Good morning. I always enjoy this show. I listened to it ever since I've moved to Colorado. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, let me just a little bit of background. I worked for an enforcement agency in in California that investigated auto repair. Oh. Uh, in general, and smog check stations.
3: Uh-huh. It
14: was an ASC tech for, well, from the time it started, I think, back in the 70s. So I got a little bit of experience in the industry. I've turned wrenches to.
3: Oh.
14: Uh, uh, the call about the uh, Honda CRV, Yeah, you know, I just bought one. I was aware of that problem. I looked at it. It's online. Honda's had some trouble. And I questioned the service manager where I bought this car about it. And his comment, he didn't want to blow a sail or anything, of course, but he said, well, we've had to replace a couple turbos. And to me, that means it's got some kind of an oil dilution problem. Mainly shows up in cold weather like we have here.
3: Mm-hmm.
14: I bought a new one. I'm not afraid of it because I've had pretty good experience with Honda, the Honda dealer network and then taking care of problems. I'll just monitor the one I've got. We've only got like 600 miles on it now.
1: Are you talking about the oil that's building in the engine? Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. person I think that was on a Subaru.
14: Was it? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, it was, that a, was Subaru. a
4: Subaru. Ascent or something yeah. like that.
14: I know yeah. Honda's got that problem
1: also. Yeah, I think they're all kind of coming into that a little bit. Yeah, and so, well, that's interesting. know no, I'm going to have to watch and see what they do about these. But go ahead. Yeah,
13: yeah.
14: One other quick comment about the the chain tire store, which I won't won't name because I don't want to defame anybody, but. Uh, <laughs> That kind of stuff happens, and it's usually management in the particular store,
4: mm-hmm. right? That's what I would have uh, assumed. Yeah,
14: they're not watching what's going on. Typically, it's a technician, and I don't. I was a technician for a lot of years. I'm not, you know, bad mouthing them, but it's somebody trying to cut corners to make a little extra money, and that right. happens. My experience with enforcement and auto repair regulation. About ninety-five percent of the shops are out there. They want to do a great job and get you back in there for something else. But right. there's that little small percentage out there that they're just in it to make money.
4: Right,
1: right. Yeah, and that's so true, Jim. I mean, I, I was at a dealership and I was a service. I was a shop foreman, and then they made me manager. And I made sure all the techs did it the way I thought we should have it done properly. Right. You know, and if they didn't, they could leave. You know. And then when I bought my own shop, obviously, everybody had to do it the way I wanted it. it was, like I used to say, it's yeah, my football. Right. It's my football. It's my business. And we're going to do this this way. And I uh, had of, meetings all the time with industry. my guys to tell them what my expectations were. And that's what you yeah, need to do. And and those, I agree with you. Jeff was even saying that. He goes, I'll bet you that's not corporate's decisions to do it. It's just the management of the team there at that, that one specific store. Yeah.
14: Yeah. In 24 years of enforcement work in California... I saw one time where uh, a corporation was involved in what, what was happening as far as ripping people off, and they'll remain nameless now, but they're no longer in the auto repair business at all. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it was a major countrywide corporation. So. Wow.
3: Yeah.
14: That was my comment. I, I thought I heard uh, – uh, uh, Honda not Subaru but Honda has that problem also.
1: Yeah, you find out that a lot of the vehicles are going to have that um, when we change oils and the way they make cars, they kind of make them all similar, you know. And so they all yeah. seem to have the same problems. That's one thing I've learned about being an independent shop is that, you know, when I worked for a, a dealership, I always saw just that dealership but or that manufacturer, but I've noticed that everything's kind of common among everybody, you know. Well, so. the
14: the advantage that independents have now is the you know the online resources they have, mm-hmm. Napa Online, yeah. yep. Uh, some of the other sources you have to pay for a prescription uh, subscription, but boy, it it's, it's a big help in, oh, yeah. yep. in diagnosing problems.
1: Yep. yep. Well, thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate the phone have call. A great Take. perspective. Yes.
15: Yeah.
1: All right. With that, well, let's go to Tim from Longmont. How are you doing, Tim?
15: Good. How are you guys this morning? Doing, doing well. Great. Wonderful. Uh, just a little bit of background. It's 2013 Ram 1500. And you guys were just talking about the air assist uh, mm-hmm. suspension. And this is a true air ride suspension came from Canada. And it seems like when it's, you know, 20 degrees or lower uh, outside, that it's having issues with the compressor constantly kicking in or um, like the front will drop down into aero mode where the back is up into off-road too. Um, we've had it into the... Dealership up here in, in Longmont, and they can't seem to figure out anything that's going on with it. Is it
4: per- typically only when you're below freezing temperatures that it's acting up? Correct.
15: Yeah, that's Sounds- the only. That, during the summer, it's a great truck. We love the hell out of it. But when it goes to below, you know, freezing temperatures outside, that's when we're having the issues with the air ride suspension.
4: Sounds like it's got moisture in it. That's that would be my guess. Now. 2013 RAM was um, were they using the um, was it a nitrogen based reclaim system on that year or is that a external um, uh, external input of air?
15: Um. Well, they said it. They, they said it's a nitrogen sealed system. Okay. So and we've we've had them purge it and re um, re inflate with nitrogen.
4: Okay. Good. And
15: it still continues to have the problem. So I don't know and I, and I can't. I don't notice any corner sagging or anything like that after mm-hmm. we let it sit. Like it's got an airbag that's got a leak in it or a bellow that's, that's gone bad. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I mean, when we, you know, you drive it around, um, my daughter-in-law hit a curb with it, and suddenly it said, you know, air ride suspension, immediate um, service necessary. Mm-hmm. And then you let it sit for a couple days, and it goes back to normal ride height, and everything seems, everything seems to function normally.
4: Is that a? And I would suspect that that system's, um, you know, they can read codes on it when they're when it's at the dealer and see what historic faults were in the system.
15: Yeah, I don't know if they did that or if they cleared them after the last time we had it in. We had it in about like in November when it was mm-hmm. really cold. They, they right. we took it down because it was acting up right away. So we wanted to get it try to try to figure out what was going on. And there they of course took it into their shop, parked it overnight. And then pulled the codes the next morning, and, and they said, you know, nothing was going on. And, you know, they purged the system, refilled it with nitrogen, but we're still having the same issues. Right. Okay. Um,
1: why don't you do me a favor? We could talk more about this. we got to go to a break. Why don't you hang okay. on, and, and we'll put you on hold, and we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we'll get back on with that, Tim. And, Mickey, you hang in there, too. We're going to take a, a break, and we'll be back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560.
7: Still haven't had enough.